0: Men, what if you could do life better? What if we were more resilient and more confident? What if we got our priorities sorted and stuck to them? The world needs strong men. The Whole Man Academy podcast hosted by life coach Anthony Asprey, that's me, is here to help you become the best version of yourself and make the most of your life at work and play. Each week, I'll be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life whose stories and strategies will empower you to become a better man. Let's get the conversation going. Let's get men talking and let's do life better. So this is the whole man Academy podcast. Uh, My guest today is Darren Brown. Darren is a natural movement practitioner. I just checked up that was his uh, correct title to get it right. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, how men can move better, uh, the power of retreats and nature, the discipline of fighting, tips to become a whole man and how you rewild your body. Uh, Also I added to that list, we're going to talk about breathing, Mr. Wim Hof being one of the the targets. So uh, Darren, how are you? Where are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's been a long time since we saw each other in person the
1: last time. It was the first Whole Man Academy, actually, so uh, I haven't really seen you, and obviously we've not been able to be in person for a long time now this year. But I'm good. I'm very good. I'm in London, which is actually, for once, sunny. Nice. <laughs> so, so, yeah, just enjoying the sunshine here um, in London.
0: Well, that's a good point to start with, as to how we met, because um, what, what made you come to the... Because I was trying to think whether it was the first or second event that we did... The first one, Uh, so first uh, first one, I was looking back quickly at the photos to see. Um, but what, what, why did you come along to it? Well, it's because I know Matthew, um, yeah,
1: who obviously is the founder of Whole Man Academy, used to be my client at um Gym Box where I was a personal trainer when I first started, yeah. Uh, So, and then I was um in the process of researching more about mental health and well being within the workplace and um doing that research for the retreat company that, um, that I, I own and work with rewarding retreats. So I met up with Matthew to get his kind of perspective because I knew he had, um, gone through a period of mental health problems and I wanted to get more of an understanding of his experience and, um, the tools that have been implemented within like, an organization like BBC. And then, yeah, then he, uh, my meeting I had with Matthew, then he invited me to the whole man Academy to come and, um, meet yourself and, uh, participate in one of the panels on the first, uh, Holdman Man Academy at so her house
0: seems like a long time ago now. It was September September two thousand eighteen. <laughs> a lot um, of saying, yeah. It's gone. A, it's, it's gone a bit strange since then. To be honest, um, and for yourself, for your day to day, I know we can we're going to talk about fighting all the different things, but for you, how how did you get into being interested in helping people move better? As I, I guess would be an example.
1: So it's an interesting. I I. I I personally was very fortunate, my parents allowed me to uh, explore movement um, in a variety of ways. So I did, um, I was a gymnast and a trampolinist um, at national level and competing in national competitions up until my early teens when unfortunately I had a, an accident playing football and dislocated my knee and that kind of put an end to my um, career in gymnastics and trampolining. So I had been like, moving like from, like from when I could crawl, it was something that I was doing, I, know four days a week five days a week kind of like two or three hours a day so quite a serious amount of uh, physical exploration and training from a young age and then I had the injury uh, which kind of put an end to all of that that the uh, hospital said I could continue with doing gymnastics and trampolining but I'd have to have a kind of a knee replacement by my mid-20s and I was like yeah maybe I'll stop and that's one of the regrets I've had is to listen to the advice of doctors um But then I went to drama school um, after spending a few years of not really moving. Um, And as part of the training as an actor, we spent a lot of time doing disciplines like ballet, um, tap, um, a bit of contemporary dance and creative movement and contact improvisation. And I realized how much I missed it and how much it was a a real part of my identity. Um, Have the freedom to move and explore movement in a variety of ways. Um, And then I moved to London um, in my early 20s, nearly 20 years ago. And uh, I spent a lot of time going to Pineapple Dance Studios. And, and, uh, yep, Comet Garden. Yep, Comet Garden, the institution that it is. And um, spent all my time there, spent really like two years like training again in dance, like focusing on the areas that I believed I was um, needed to work on. That would help my career as an actor. But uh, it, it did, it, it helped me in many ways. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence physically within myself. but um, there's other things about the acting profession that you can't control. Um, (laughs) My physicality is one of the things that was a tool and something that was against me. Um, And it it just gave me a lot of freedom. And then I, after 10 years of being in in acting, kind of pursuing that career, I decided that I needed to have a bit more stability. So retrained as a personal trainer.
0: Yep, (laughs) It's an obvious move.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Finance, accountancy. I don't know. Maybe someone had that, but I became a personal. But, you know, and uh, so that was 10 years ago. And then um, I kind of discovered the work of Erwin uh, Lacor and Movnat, and um, really kind of that resonated with me um, about this whole, there was a great video on YouTube uh, "Workout that time forgot, uh, which is one of um, Movnat's first videos. And you just see this gentleman who does look quite, we do look quite similar, both tall and long hair and beard. Um, and uh, he, his physique is just lean, and he's strong, and he's mobile, and it, it just it, again, it was like, okay, that what's this um, going away from your traditional kind of um, gyms, kind of you know yeah. everything else and free weights, which I you know I I use and understand, um, and it's just something I've been working with over the years, um, because it's just innately movement is innately within us and um, we need to explore that and to our detriment we don't within our everyday lives and the repercussions of the this non-exploring of movement have been felt you know especially now within a time where we're kind of locked in ourselves and um kind of don't know what to do with our bodies and yeah. the problems we have with the mental health and well-being and um diet, nutrition, obesity, type two diabetes, and all these things, these are all related to a lack of movement, and to how we become domesticated animals within these kind of
0: environments that are unnatural to us. Um, I think you, you've, you've hit one on the head. I know, I was reading something where it said, you know, people, you know, sleep in a box, we drive to work in a box, or we sit looking at a box all day, uh, eat, eat lunch from a box. And it's just, you know, everything is in a Regimented form, and so many people now are missing out on actually getting out and feeling the power of nature.
1: Well, um, domesticated. In the last 10,000 years, since um, agriculture has become the main source of providing for larger communities or not communities, larger populations, um, we've become domesticated animals. And domestication is a form of control. And that's what we are now. We are, we are being controlled by our, by our environments and by other systems that are part of our natural. Or not our non natural way of living. And we become kind of desensitized to really what is to be part of nature. Good point. And, and there's a huge, I mean, there is a, a massive mismatch. I mean, uh, I mean we called it the um evolutionary mismatch hypothesis that we haven't evolved to be living in the way that we're living. And there's a lot of research about this. Um, and the repercussions, as I say, are the problems that we have with mental health well being and obesity diabetes cancer all these things these all come about because of the way that we live our lives especially post industrial revolution yeah and even right. now you know with the advent of the technologies that we have we become even more contained would say you say within a box because we're now staring at a box I,
0: that was um I was talking to an osteopath last week and it was generally about what were the things that she had seen recently and and i've mentioned it on a previous podcast but she said soon after lockdown ended um firstly there was the um joe Wicks syndrome which meant that lots of people have been trying to work out at home you know some hit training but didn't have a clue what they were doing it's not and it's not his fault but they're not they're not under the guidance of a professional
1: to move in that way
0: and yeah you know
1: it's like having a ferrari in a garage that you've not used for years that's gathered dust and not moved and not been turned over and then suddenly you turn it up and try and crank it up and drive 150 miles an hour yeah it's gonna end
0: badly well that's that's a really good point i mean the other thing she said was and i can't remember the term but about the, the effect she sees on people's necks because they're holding their head forward because they're looking at their phone or their screen so much yeah um, which we know you know you walk along the street and people are shopping but they're walking along with their head down and it's putting a strain on um but that's a big thing about you know the people that we've seen through the whole man academy that are maybe working from home so they're not even getting maybe a a walk to work or standing up on the tube or the train or something they're literally getting out of bed and going straight to a computer and spending eight or ten hours doing that and then you know and missing out on on any movement at all yeah
1: I mean, and what we don't understand, the body adapts. We are the greatest adapter to anything that we give our bodies. So if you continually put a type of stress upon your body, your body responds and adapts to that. That's just evolution the way it is. So you've got to nourish your body with a continual source of variety of movement to allow your body not to adapt to one position, yeah, one way of being. And unfortunately, sitting in that kind of... Flex position the head forward. That's that's your primary position. Then that's the position your body's going to adapt to because it costs your body energy to be able to move in other directions in other ways. So the body and the brain go well. If I'm not moving in those ways anymore, then yeah. I don't need to have the capacity in my tissues and my joints to move, and it costs me money to maintain those neural pathways. So, sod it, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to I'm going to form into this shape. Yeah, or this lack of range of movement and then when you go outside of that range whether you're playing with your kids or joe wicks was doing his workouts you you, you not maintain that capacity of movement and then you try it and your body goes no panic
0: <laughs> yeah. that's that's
1: and you wonder why and it's because we haven't maintained what natural movement is yeah and again to our detriment we are now suffering from that
0: so what would you i mean knowing so much about it if a guy's listening and he's thinking i mean i know several guys a lot of them that, that at the moment aren't moving very much um what would be some of the kind of basic things you suggest they do either if they're working from home and or you know maybe, maybe they are going back to the office now
1: yeah so I mean, it depends i mean you've got to look at it and go okay what can i do what can, what behaviors can i change how can i implement and we've got to understand There's a difference between exercise and physical activity. Okay. We tend to think that we need to exercise for 45 minutes and tick the box, job done. (laughs) That's not the way it works. Cause then what are you going to do with other 23 hours and 15 minutes of the day? Yeah. Like you're spending most of the time not moving. Okay. And the problem is that we think exercise is enough. Exercise is a small part of the greater whole of physical activity. And, it's physical activity and a variety of ways of creating physical activities that people need to connect with and bring into their everyday life um there was a study done um about the Hadza tribe and they well there's been a number of studies done on the Hadza tribe um a tribe of Africa and Tanzania around there um and they strapped heart rate monitors to them and they measured their physical activity during the day and it the, the, the amount of physical activity they do on a daily basis, whether it be low intensity, kind of very basic aerobic walking and moving to slightly more athletic, higher intensity, and moving bigger loads or, or, or being f- expressing power through their movement, throwing something. Um, they spend about an hour and a half a day of physical activity, but they don't spend it all in once. Yeah. So if you aim for like, okay, if a good target would be an hour and a half a day, Okay. Now don't give me the excuse. You don't have time. Everyone has an hour and a half a day to incorporate more physical activity and movement in their lives. So if you're working from home, you're working eight or nine hours. Okay. Take a break for 20 minutes, every hour. Okay. And go and move. you can Get a yoga mat out and just do some movement or go for a brief, brief walk around the complex where you live or something. Yeah. Okay. But think about how you move in your everyday day to day movements. Like, how much how you brush your teeth now these are actually kind of things i did at drama school we would like mind brushing teeth and things like that but when you take look at activities that you do on an everyday basis like in terms of training as an actor we would then take that activity and like really make it big and comical but it would be movement yeah and from that as a basis i'm gonna brush my teeth and how do i brush my teeth what do i move you know you start looking at how like going to the tap turning a tap on all these things they require a level of movement now how can you increase that level of movement okay so like yes people that live in africa have to go and walk you, know, you see the adverts like water Aid. oh so and so has to walk there's nothing wrong with so and so walking four or five miles you know to get water that's a natural activity that is a benefit to, to them yeah uh, so how can i okay make my job harder by having to move more. So if you're living at home, confined to a small space, try and get out. First thing, try and get outside and incorporate a bit of movement. Get a dog, you know, or something. But bit if you live in London like me. But yeah, but it forces you to go and do something. Force ask yourself to get into that habit to move and move in a variety of ways. You are responsible for your body. You have to make the choice and do it. Yeah. As simple as that. You know, Joe wicks people provide entertainments on the screen. That's great. That's one way of doing it. But how can you make that bigger? How can you make it more? If you are in a position where you are traveling to, to work. Yeah. Like if your journey is an hour on the tube. Okay. Well then one you, and it would take two hours to walk it. I mean, I live in South London and a clinic that I, I work at is in North London. It would be a two hour walk. So what do I do? I get off halfway and walk for an hour. Yeah, So I get the benefits of being outside, getting exposure to vitamin D, which is so important for the mm. I get to interact with other people around me. I'm challenged. It's not just exercises, movement. It's like the challenges of your proprioception system, your sense of smell. Your, all mm. these that make us who we are need to be stimulated. We need to be in environments that stimulate our system, which doesn't happen when we're sitting in our, office or sitting at home you need to put yourself there and it doesn't have to be like in the wilderness somewhere it great if it is but even in an environment an urban environment you can still be stimulated by the unevenness of the pavement you know dodging that dog that's running at you or whatever you know it's an opportunity to move in a variety of ways that people need to incorporate into their lives as the foundation of physical activity
0: that's one of the one of the big frustrations for still friends that work in the city. But this is what I found. We would get to our desk at 6.45 in the morning. Um, you would sit there till five or six, depending on which market you're working on. And I kid you not, I it used to drive me nuts because first I'd be so bored. But secondly, you just sat down. You couldn't really leave your desk. And I would say, right, I'm going to go out and get a sandwich. And, and then people would say, I oh, know I'll, I'll get it for you. And you're like, no, no, you're missing the point. You're not helping me by getting my sandwich. I want to get the fuck out of the office And go and move around for literally, if it's twenty minutes, I would just try and power walk around Liverpool Street and try and get some sunlight. If it was a, you know, not in the winter anyway, any kind of daylight, just to get out. But I know now that's, you know, people working from home, they're probably just sitting on computers all day and they're being fed unnatural light and not getting the daylight that they need.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you can. I hate to use the word hacks, but you know, can put yourself in a position where you are at least receiving more natural daylight that you are able to control the exposure to the screens, um, perhaps using a filter like flux I have on my computer here. Yeah. Um, because all these things play a part to uh, our natural cycle and how our hormones respond to the stimulus. But you need to get outside and move because that, has no, that just shakes up the whole system. It needs, it needs that movement every day. Yeah. And it so doesn't that, have to be a, a hit class. Yeah, it has to be, as you say, getting out for twenty minutes from the office and getting a sandwich. Yeah,
0: I think it's. I think it's good for productivity as well because you would go back feeling refreshed uh, to to some extent, and you'd given your brain a chance to switch off from work. And let's face it, eating your lunch at your desk is one of the saddest things you can do, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> it causes a lot of problems for people because people actually don't take time to. I mean, the whole process of eating is should be a sociable thing, really, um, and people don't take time to savor the food they are eating, and therefore getting the response of producing saliva and amylase and even in the mouth, and then the response of the body to relax and switch off, you know, from these high-pressure jobs, and allow a bit of digestion to take place without the body going, oh, I'm stressed," you know, yeah. and especially of an evening. I mean, you know, having the opportunity to sit down when the sun is going down which is what we do when on a retreats and just converse with other people and relax and enjoy the food and show interest in what you are eating rather than just a sandwich it's a bit of
0: fuel you know what i mean yeah eating on the go as the saying it's is
1: terrible terrible but it, it happens
0: yeah anyway, you know i try and say to people i mean it's, that's why it's so interesting to talk to you because some people just don't understand that a lot of these things are achievable they're a lot of little compound decisions and they say we could call them hacks because somebody don't like that but I, I agree it's all these little things that you can change obviously my partner's a nutritionist so she you know really often tries to say, look how can we make it achievable because we could say you've got to do all these sweeping changes but people forget and once they forget or oh, can't be bothered or they're too busy i always say to people like you said when they say i haven't got time to exercise you're like look you know, if you had a gun to your head and someone said, you know, you would make uh, make the time, (laughs) you'll uh, you'll find some time. And even if it's one of the guys we were speaking to that we're, we're helping on his health side, he is on lots of zoom calls, but he, thankfully he's got a decent budget. So he has gone and bought a Peloton and I said, I don't give a shit what bike it is, anything, but he can often be on a zoom call. He doesn't have to be talking. He's listening. So I said, put it just get on the bike for 20 minutes. You haven't got to be, you know, you're not doing interval training, literally just ticking over, but 20 minutes you can still speak and you might do that once a day for a week and you've done over an hour of exercise. And he was like, what a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. And then suddenly take that to
1: taking a call like you are on the headphones, walking outside for 20 minutes. Yeah, Like what you've got to start somewhere and it's going to be manageable chunks for most people. I mean, there are a few people that you just tell them to do something and they just go all out, you know, and, and that's it. They just accept it and do it. But for most people, you need to gently, integrate these changes in their behavior over
0: time in manageable ways. Um, now it's it, it's the, a the other, for many people. Do and, and you know what? You said the word struggle. What I've seen, of course, is where gyms were shut for such a long time. And of course, in some places they're being shut again. It's that most people, if they employ a professional to help them, they need that for accountability, even forgetting helping them with the technique but just to have someone to say, you've paid me X amount of pounds to be there and I'll tell you what to do. A yes. lot of the people that I spoke to you said, oh, I'm going to do some stuff at home. And then they didn't do it because they couldn't be bothered there's because there's no accountability.
1: Themselves. They don't, they, I mean, they're just too damn lazy. You've got to be accountable to yourself. You are responsible for your own health and well-being, not the government, not your partner, not the company that you work for. You are. So it's your decision. If you don't do it, you just don't give a fuck. you really don't care you don't care and you have to admit that admit it and then move on but you are responsible no one else so take ownership research things look into what is going on around you look at yourself be introspective and understand okay what do i need what do i enjoy how can i make these small changes because no one's going to force you unless you do it yourself
0: what a fucking great speech i'll be using that on my instagram (laughs) But this is the point. I mean, I know it's is it, uh, Jocko Willink, the ex Navy SEAL, who's, you know, talks about extreme ownership. So many people have been conditioned to be lazy. And, you know, now you press a button and your food arrives at your door. You press a button and you get anything you want delivered to your door. So we're innately. That's why people at the moment struggle to even go to a demonstration about Covid, because it's like oh, I have to get up and actually get out and it might be a bit chilly. Because, because domesticated we we, we
1: just when we domesticated we just consume it's brought to us if you think about you know, unfortunate um, industrial agricultural system that we have when you see these videos of of cattle or whatever that you know they're just the food is brought to them and they're contained within that's us yeah. that's us provide the liveroo that's us with how we behave and that's not natural for animals and not healthy for them and the ecosystem that they are part of or for us We are part of the same ecosystem. We can't separate us from them. But in our arrogance, we have become separated from that. And we believe that we have more knowledge, we have understanding because we have three thoughts and we have the ability to think for ourselves. But most people don't. They don't apply what we have, the opportunity to do that. And therefore, they make bad decisions. And society in general makes bad decisions in the guidance that is given by governments in terms of nutrition, health, and well-being. And they don't look beyond that
0: um and it's an unfortunate thing that um just you said that reminded me there's a guy who um follows us on instagram right is really into his um you know his, his his bodybuilding stuff and he was saying how you know the government have come out and said about i mean it's this bollocks about oh we're going to make a big drive for healthy eating but actually when you look at the that the can or sorry the ingredients of all the stuff that they're recommending is basically just a sugar shit show
1: well, yeah, they're, they're doing something with weight. I mean, I'm looking at health coaching. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a whole interesting thing that the NHS are doing. Um, health coaching, you know, sounds great. Not really, but is actually very important. But yeah. you know, The methods in which they are using, the recommendations they are using, um, working with Weight Watchers, I think, and it's like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> why, why aren't you teaching people how to cook? Why aren't mm. you? Providing information about what a whole foods diet is, whether that be plant based or whether it be an ancestral based diet, but give them that information so they can make decisions themselves. Don't give them a shake; they just mix with, mix with water. Yeah, I'm hoping that's going to have an effect. Because they're have, lazy, it's going to have an effect. It's just going to increase their laziness, and maybe they'll lose some weight.
0: But that's it. People, I know from you know quite a few years being in this business, and Emma certainly as well, and and our different friends who all do similar kind of stuff, is that generally. Most people, they don't want to have to work hard for things and not eat things, not eat drink, uh, you know, not eat and drink things. It's just give me a pill. Well,
1: yeah. Give just do it pill. for me. What's the hack? Give me the pill. Yeah. There is no hack. There is no pill. Like um, One of my favorite podcasts is Nonprofit Podcast, which is um, done by uh, Mark Twight and Michael Blevins, who Mark Twight was the founder of Jim Jones and who I had worked with years ago. And... Uh, you know, people don't want to be accountable to themselves, but they want the result. And then Michael gave a great example of you know, someone that comes up to him and says, you know, oh, I want to lose weight. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And he says, well, you know, cut off your arm then. And they're like, what? And he says, well, you just said you want to lose weight and we'll do anything. I can instantaneously remove <laughs> it, but it requires a huge sacrifice. And they're like, well, that's stupid. And he's like, well, then don't say that you I'll will do anything. Lose- Understand the accountability that's required of you and to the level of which you are willing to commit and work from there. Good. But people will just want that, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. Because they think it's an easy thing. It isn't, it requires a lot of sacrifice, especially when you go into the high levels of athletic endeavors or whatever. It requires sacrifice and accountability. It's the same for us living in our everyday lives. It requires sacrifice and accountability. Just to you're going to.
0: It's such a good point. And I think at the moment, my great worry is we know for a fact that some of the natural resources that we've got online, we're talking like Facebook groups that have been around for years that will help with their natural health have been deleted. Mm. You know, we, we know we've, uh, we've followed some of them, click on a link. Nope. All gone. And all it's gone. like, people are driven towards let's just give you a chemical or a pill and we'll fix it instead of actually saying, unfortunately, you have to take ownership of what your body is doing, what shape it is, how your energy levels are, how you're sleeping, etc., etc." But you've got to
1: understand that we're all completely different. Um, I was part of um, um, a gut microbiome study a couple of years ago done by um, Dr. Tim Spector, who's just received an OBE or MBE or something. Yeah. Um, for his work that he's done with um, research into COVID, but primarily he's been working for years doing the gut microbiota, and he did a study, the twin study, where he had identical twins, and you know the, the study that I was, was the next stage on from that, sort um, of wider population. But it, it's fascinating. He just re- released a book as well, which I highly recommend. Um, but from the findings from the whole thing is that we are even identical twins have very different gut microbiota, which means they respond differently to food, even though they're genetically identical, almost our bodies are so diverse that we respond to different things in different ways. And you've got to understand that to have an effect. So you've got to investigate, how do I respond to foods? How do I just want, you know, and that has got to be part of who you are. Mm. That's how you approach things. How do I respond to things on an individual level? what works for me yes there are some fundamental um principles that have to be adhered to sleep for example movement has to you know, these are fundamental things but we're all different we can all sleep differently we can all move differently and it's someone else might enjoy the capoeira someone else might enjoy doing swing dance or something it doesn't matter what what it is yeah Just
0: move. well let's so enjoy let's talk about fighting um you know you've i mean we're all fighting in life whether we like it or not but fighting what we want fighting for what we don't want etc um but what level of of martial arts did you or sorry yeah what level did you get to and, and how was it for you when you were actually going and fighting people because most people will never understand what that's like
1: yeah because most people understand that it's innately for men especially um In the West, we don't, we're called weird, we're Western, educated, um, industrialized, um, rich and democratic. In weird societies, we don't adhere to past ways of being that would have taken place or still take place within hunter-gatherer tribes. So I think one of the biggest problems that we have, especially um, for young men and mental health and well-being, is that we don't have a a rite of passage. We have no separation from childhood to our responsibilities of being an adult and a male adult and what that entails. So, um, for example, like um, kind of the reason why is that we do our retreat in Kenya is my girlfriend is Kenyan. So you have Masai of Kenya. So they have a whole initiation ceremony that takes place at various ages for the boys whenever they're ready. And yes, it involves circumcision, but there's a whole aspect from the west we go oh that's cruel that's barbaric that's inhumane but um there's a great book that i read and i've got it somewhere initiation of a maasai warrior um the article that i've got and he the, the gentleman describes the whole process I and mean, it is fit for them it's about understanding of the community that they are part of that they will then be A man that is eligible to participate and make decisions for the community and has a responsibility from being this boy that everything is provided for to this man where you have to, you know, perhaps go to war. You have to participate within the community. Well, we don't have that. So without that understanding, well, it just creates a a foundation of of nothingness for most men. And the beautiful thing about martial arts. Um, and especially disciplines that I do, I, I will favour them or, always um, because they are more combative. You know, there are martial arts that um, come from the east, which are more kind of, more kind of movement dance-based. I would say, um, are very beautiful, very athletic, but they're not combat-based. I prefer, um, Muay Thai, which obviously comes from Thailand, um, or you can go to Myanmar and do even worse. You know, where you have headbutts as well and no gloves. <laughs> um, but it's about combat. It's about pitting yourself against one-on-one with a man. And there is no greater challenge than one-on-one with a man or one-on-one with a lion or whatever to test your physicality and your, your masculinity. And I think every man needs that. Like mm. you know, when you watch these programs to do with like a selection for the army and that, they always have the episode where they do milling. Yeah. Once I glue to it, like it's horrific. Like one minute, of milling all out. Everyone should do it. I should bring it into schools as far as I'm concerned. Every year, one minute, meaning several, <laughs> several differences like every year, doesn't matter. Yeah, like, because it's a primal, innate part of us. That expression of our physicality, that can be um, controlled and and explored in our everyday physical activities and movement that we should be doing. But in the arena of one on one, you get so, the, the greatest moments of peace I've had is when I've been in the ring, especially in Thailand. Like you got. You know my brain's picking up all these kind of sounds and the, the, the commentator like taking the mick out of everything and all these people were, like yelling and screaming but and it's just me and the opponent looking at each other thinking one oh, more round and it, it just think what the hell am i doing like, like yeah eating 10 belts of shit out of each other <laughs> why yeah but you're like, that's okay i'm okay with that he's okay with that yeah okay this is a good thing and it, there's a moment of peace and realisation and connection to yourself. And you're like, okay, yeah, this feels
0: right. I think there's such a, um, uh, it's great to have the ability. I remember reading or listening to someone that was had been taught as a second gen from like Bruce Lee. And he was at an event I was at and he was talking about how Bruce Lee, I don't, forgive me, I forget this wrong, but he could literally kind of do a, a Bruce Lee, you know, cry out loud because switches adrenaline on and then switch it off again. And he, he he took us through it. And he said, you know, one of the most powerful things as a as a as a boy or a, as going to a man growing up is learning how to. And his point was not just defend yourself, but also defend others if you need it about you, and be able to have that about you. Which I hate to say it. Well, I don't because it's a fact. I think so many young men now are growing up a bit pathetic because they're just they're just looking at their phones all the time and God knows what. But You know, being able to dance in that arena and actually get hit in the face and react to it and stay calm, I think is one of the most powerful things you can have.
1: Well, it's interesting the point that you made about the ability to switch on. It's the ability to control and have an understanding and acceptance of that control. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this. In the UAE, for example, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is their national sport. Oh, right. No. So, uh, especially Dubai. So you have the AD Dubai, does um, the competition every year but it's become their national sport and since 2008 they have had it as part of their curriculum so all the boys do jiu-jitsu okay and they there was a study a long-term study i think it's just been released but it was kind of finalized in 2015 2016 and they you know they've said that yeah there's a a direct correlation between the behavior of these boys and their ability to um moderate their behavior and have self-control and it gives them so much more expression of, oh, I can do these things. I, I you know, and th- that's the first time that study has been done. I really recommend people read it because it's like, it has a great benefit to society as a whole because suddenly now you've got these individuals who, a, I mean, especially in Dubai and that, and um, Abu Dhabi, they, you know, they do, they do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as a combat sport rather than martial arts. So it is to compete yeah, to go one-on-one in a competition are- arena, um, which is horrible if you spar with kids because they just want to break your arm. <laughs> Getting ripped apart by these little kids. You're like, what the hell? you like, nah. <laughs> But, you know, they can control it. And they know within that environment, it's acceptable at the right time within that environment. And then it, it helps their ability to self-regulate yeah. their behavior accordingly to the situation. I think it's brilliant. We don't have. We, we, we have that in the West. We don't. So there's a lot to be learned from Doing a disciplined martial art or a disciplined movement, like I said, like did gymnastics and things like that, where discipline is required, as a, a huge amount of sacrifice is required, because then you learn to control yourself and learn to understand what you are capable of doing, and all the benefits of that. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I fought in Thailand a couple of times. I really want to go back and fight again. I've, I used to fight over here like every month, like just on amateur shows, and um, because. I'm not getting paid enough to get knocked out. <laughs> so, but it's, I still want to get in the arena and do it. Um, and I, I took up to kind of November time last year. So I've only been doing it for a few months. So I'm just a one strike white belt, but I, I, I love the complexity of movement within that and the systems and developing, understanding your body type and the advantage that you have for your body and finding your way and your path through things. It's yeah. self-exploration and, uh, very little is left out of uh, doing a combination of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, and Muay Thai. You know, I can keep you in the head and I can take you to the ground and take
0: you out. <laughs> you. It sounds like a night out at uh, Danny Maidstone when I was about 18. Oh,
1: we love Maidstone. Or Dan yeah. in Rochester.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, I spent, I know, well, from, from seven years old up till I was about 20 living in Maidstone. So I saw plenty of um, the windmilling side. But do you know what? That's interesting because you said, you know, it, when we watch... Um, you know, SAS who dares wins and they make them, as you say, put boxing gloves on and fight against each other. What I don't think people realize is it's exhausting very quickly. Now, you know, I've yeah, had one or two. Huge rush of adrenaline and, and yeah. we're not to
1: dealing with adrenaline. And then and you get that adrenaline and you get the adrenaline dump. and like, I don't know. Sometimes after a fight, I'm like, oh, mm. oh my God, I can't move. Like just pass me my beer. Like,
0: <laughs> recovery beer.
1: Probably bit rehydration, yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's a natural that fight or flight system is a natural part of us. And we never we need to be stimulated and need to be able to control and understand what our body is capable of doing. And yeah, when you get that adrenaline dump afterwards, you're like, oh gosh,
0: it wipes you out, yeah. Oh, so, what if if a guy, um, if a guy was watching and thought, you know what, I would like to, um, you know, take up something that's, uh, and I hate the word self-defence classes because that was reminds me of something in your village hall where, you know, you've got a uh, pepper spray with I you.
1: Know and I stuff. do in a village hall, so, you know. Oh, it's it?
0: So it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's like, what what would you say he, in your opinion, would be a good one for him to go and look for a class? What would what would he be looking for?
1: Well, kind of think about what you did as a child. Like, um, did you do roughhousing as a kid? Like, I spent a lot of time, kid, rolling around, wrestling with, you know, outside, pissing around with other kids and playing football and yeah. playing like, if you enjoyed like rugby, most of us did. Especially in Kent, we did rugby. Especially in we grammar school. Uh, you know, if you enjoy that physical contact, and you know, if you're a part of the pack, and you know that, you know that that aspect of that sport, then okay, I enjoy rugby. Maybe I would enjoy wrestling or form of of, of grappling or so. perhaps. But if you prefer more fluid movements, or either kicking or punching or boxing or whatever, then explore that. What what are your interests? yeah in how, to move. how would if you were put in a position where you had to would you want to go to your back and would you feel comfortable on your back and scrambling on the floor or you know what would you enjoy doing and, and look at those disciplines that kind of feed into that your, your bias yeah find out what you, you enjoy don't force yourself to do something that you don't enjoy and actually yeah. for any kind of exercise or physical activity don't do something you don't enjoy do the thing that you would enjoy like Capoeira is a beautiful movement art, which can be used as Angolan capoeira, especially could, could be used as a combative sport, like whatever it is, like find a way in, like we were talking earlier about finding, you know, where to start with something to change your habits, just find a way in and explore different things. And then be aware that within combat sports and martial arts, there are hierarchies, which is great. Hierarchy is a good thing um, because you know your place. Yeah, you know, you've got to understand. You've got to leave your ego at the door and not submit entirely, but be submissible to those who who know more. And mm. open be prepared something. to learn and be prepared to learn and, and have what you perceive to be your truth kind of thrown back in your face and and be humble. Like there's nothing more humbling than going to Thailand and and clinching with an 11 year old boy who weighs half your weight and he just demolishes you and <laughs> and you laugh and you're like why my life is over (laughs) what have i become or when you're rolling with a you know a lady who's again half your weight and suddenly she's on your back and choking you out you're like how how because technically they have evolved more than you are at but you can get there and understand there's a process to getting there that's individual to you and embrace it
0: that's such a good point
1: you've got to understand there's a process and you've got to be again accountable to that process to yourself and the beautiful thing about things like martial arts, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, you become part of a small tribe and community. Mm. Um, and it, it's a, that's a very valid connection that we no longer have. And that's so vital now to us, for many people who are, as
0: we say, in their box, on their box. That, um, you, you said the word community, it, it's, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna change um, subject slotting and talk about retreats, which is, is dear to my heart, because I know how powerful they can be. Yeah. Um, And and that's one of the things we're launching um, at the start of next year is a whole man Academy mastermind, which will be for guys that are kind of basically bored with life and want more adventure. And what we want to be able to do also is, is have, you know, experiences because often I always say, I want you to get to, you know, any man to get to the end of his saying of his life end of each year and not be like, yeah, I went to the gym that week and then the gym that week. And then I did this. It's like, what can you remember that you did? I went here, I did that. I did something exciting um, and retreats are one of the, the big things. So um, tell us about Rewilding Retreats and how you kind of, not just obviously got involved, but how you've helped develop it.
1: So kind of Rewilding Retreats uh, four years ago, we went traveling around Southeast Asia. We lived in Thailand for six months that's where I had trained and fought. And then from our base in Thailand, we traveled around the Philippines and Cambodia and everywhere else. Um, and so we went to some lovely places like Bali and Lombok and, mm-hmm. and everywhere we went, I had a beach cat my partner, she was like, nah, the beach isn't very good. I'm, I'm like, my boy from Kent, who went to Margate. and Wichita, Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. can sands. sands. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these lovely beaches. And, and then the cat's like, no, the sand's not good. I was like, what is this? She's like, oh, when you go to Watamu in the east coast of Africa, like the sand there is like powdery white sand. And it's beautiful. And the, the oceans. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. OK, like, I don't believe you. And then I went to Watamu with, with Kat a couple of years ago. And I was like, Oh. Right. Okay. Different level. <laughs> there is a <laughs> level of sand. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. But again, it, it's just, the I mean, the world is an amazing place. And, um, unfortunately we're, we're destroying it, but retreats, when you go to these unique places, you get a sense of, of how you're part of a bigger, bigger ecosystem. You're not separate from it. Um, so, we came up with rewarding retreats, um, starting in in Kenya. I mean, long term, I would like to take it out to other places that we had been to. Um, The Philippines is a great place. we fortunate enough to do a a boat trip there on a traditional wooden sailing boat. Lovely. And, you you know, you go to these uh, kind of Robinson Crusoe Islands, and I'd love to do that. And they had a biodynamic farm and their Mm -hmm. own pigs and stuff like that. So, you know really bring different experiences of what rewarding and being part of nature could be. I mean when you go to Kenya especially we do it um, in a place called Putamu, um which is on the coast of East Africa and um, it's the Indian Ocean. It's just stunningly beautiful um, and the, the accommodation that we use is called Treehouse and it's just this big kind of structure that's part of Um, the trees and everything else So you have all the monkeys come in at four o'clock and (laughs) shit on the floor and turn your water over then bugger off laughing because (laughs) it's what they do Um, but it's very when you're there you become very much connected I mean especially with um, Kenya because it's so close to the equator you you know the sun comes up at six and goes down at six yeah you know you have that 12 hour period and midday is the brightest part of the day you know so you you become in tune to your circadian rhythms your natural way of being so you wake up naturally before the sun rises um and treehouse has no windows or you know so you just the sun just comes straight through and then when it gets dark you, you start to feel tired and you start to want to unwind and mm. it, it's an amazing it's like when you go out of london like when you're on the train you get out of london and pass the m25 the sun. you just go <sighs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: i know exactly what you mean but imagine that tenfold because like yeah. when you you know, first thing that happens when you get when we pick up at the airport that you come and you take your shoes off and you never put them back on again, you know, like suddenly yeah. you're um, barefoot, like and you can feel the textures of the surfaces that you're walking upon, and you can just see the trees and you can see nature, and it just like automatically you just go ah. and you lose concept of time because all we have is light and dark. So, you don't, these kind of constructs that we create within the West don't exist. When you're checking past- Instagram and-, yeah. 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 And, and and you know, there's a joke about Kenya like it's called Kenya national power and darkness. Like sometimes, especially in the coast, the electricity cuts out. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, just, you, you know, when we were in a place called Lamu, that's what happened. We had no electricity. one night So we just sat there with candles. Like, you know, we had dinner and we sat candles and played carbs and talked. Lovely. We had no access to the internet. Well, what does it matter? Um, and that's the view of the thing is what we, and when we go, especially when we go on because first the safa, uh, part of the retreat is on um the coast yeah then we take them to Savo, which is one of the national parks on safari so they, you know they, they sleep in tents and well, the one that we have it has a kind of watering hole very close by so the elephants come to the watering hole and so do the other animals so like the the Skari the masai Skari were uh, say if you want us to wake you during the night if any animals come, we will wake you so the last time we were there like during the night a leopard came past and went to the watering hole so they woke us up and we're just watching this leopard you know, watering hole which you'd very rarely see mm. and you're like okay and it kind of just puts you in perspective like when you go to places like africa actually the day before we traveled to the safari we said look guys this is going to be a long journey this is going to be like six or several hours in the heat and they were like i didn't realize it was that big
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah like yeah the continent of africa is huge you can't get the concept of the scale of it but when you're out there and you see the concept of uh, you know when you're in sava as well you can see Kilimanjaro, which is actually nowhere near you but you can still see it you like, yeah yeah i really am quite small yeah and insignificant and as part of the retreat in um safari we we have the option of doing um fly camping so they just pitch up a little tent and you just sleep out under the stars and nice a couple of guards on the open fire hoping no lions or anything come to you because they could but you're like okay <laughs> but this feels good
0: yeah i'm safe like we can run <laughs> I think everybody at the moment could do with you know a taste of that, and even I know you said about you know not having internet. what a dream if someone could press a button and the internet turned off for a couple of days you if know I have
1: my childhood and yours it never existed yeah we still have the benefit of hindsight and remembering what it was to not have the internet mm. I, think I, I think we got the internet the last week when I was at school and like. <laughs> Porn. Yay. yeah. What's this thing? <laughs> What's, What's going on? 10 minutes for it to load up, you know, in yeah. you know, but yeah, it's complete to, to not have that stimulus is such a, a, a great tool to be able to use. And it's so important within urban environments to try and two hours before, if you can just not be on your phone yeah, on the computer, because it affects the circadian rhythms that we are natural to and, and require for our bodies to function.
0: And that if i'm not mistaken is your circadian rhythm is the 90 minute blocks of sleep that you would have as well um, yeah it's so- how
1: we sleep we tend to we kind of can be sporadic in our sleep we don't have to sleep eight hours yeah but again when you're in like environment like on safari sleep undersized you probably wake up like something will wake you up when you've gone through those periods of deep sleep and you come out something will wake you up and you'll wake you open your eyes and maybe you have a drink or whatever and put chat and you go back to sleep you know the idea that we sleep eight hours nine hours flat out all the way through is not the case Mm -hmm. especially if you're living in small tribal communities people would be you know having sex and eating and talking throughout the night and on guard and you know there'd always be activity around you it'd never be
0: on your own silence yeah you know that's what we create in our in our little boxes for ourselves. Uh, it's It's so interesting to talk about because I was trying to think. Then my 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 question there would be to the to the person, the guy that's listening, and 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 uh, there's women listening as well. Twenty seven percent of our listeners are women, which is interesting. Good effort, Um, but most of them might be thinking, well, especially at the moment, I can't go anywhere apart from you know maybe to your local woodland or something like that. So how could you rewild yourself whilst you're at home? And I know you've just said maybe it's to to switch the things off before um before bed you know don't have the uh, artificial light before bed what other things can they do
1: so yeah so you know try to remove those kind of blue light stimulus from screens um the foods that you eat so we we're talking about grabbing that sandwich and things like that you know if you don't cook i'm sorry you have no excuse not to cook like if you can read you can cook like if you can read <laughs> and read a label you can cook you just need to have the patience to develop those skills and what it is everything is about development of skill okay movement is a development of skill understanding your body is a development of a skill and you've just got to take time to do it we all do it we're all starting from there as babies we learn to move and develop those skills crawl mm-hmm. and to stand uh, to, to get where we are so take your time with it don't be in a rush but do take the time do make the time to make your meal from scratch. Understand where the ingredients come from. Try and shop local and seasonal. If you are a, a carnivore, try and, if your budget allows, get more high-quality meats from from organic farmers or, or local butchers um, and develop relationships with people where you get the food from. Yeah, like I, I grew up in Kent. I, we used to have a greengrocers, a butchers, and a fishmongers next door to each other. And I used to get a lift school sometimes with the milkman. <laughs> so, in his little milk because i'll be going up the road part yeah. and say good morning and i used to go to the four school. miles an hour yeah you know i could walk faster but it was nice you yeah. know but you would say good morning to these people and develop relationships with these people again idea of being part of something bigger than just you in your little box like mm-hmm. make relationships and make connection talk to people about well where do you get the food from okay yes you can get your food delivered there are some great um food delivery services like abel and cole river food and yeah uh, filled and flour, do amazing meat. Yeah, meat. we used to have them
0: when we lived in Kent.
1: Yeah, yeah there are. And yet, if if it's available and you, you want to do it, but try and make the effort. Because mm. so if you've got to break your day from the day in the office to walk, you know, we've got a really good butcher's in Hearn Hill. Now, if I've got to walk 15 minutes to the butchers and 15 minutes back, that's, that's half hour done. But I've got my food and I've made connections with people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm killing many birds with one stone and just make it, again, part of your habits and your life. Cook your food from scratch, sleep better, you know, look at your bed, your mattress, you know, you could be brave, perhaps, learn to sleep on the floor with no mattress. It helps reset the system, but we like our comforts. Um, sleep in a cool room um, to try yeah. and uh, replicate that need for our body temperature to be regulated by ourselves mm-hmm. rather than you know external heating heat or whatever yeah pressure get, get some plants in the house you know the little things that can just help um clean the air that you breathe especially in the city like where i live um and yeah just <laughs> spend time barefoot i don't know why people wear shoes and footwear in the house why mm. you're indoors no one's going to see your feet yeah we have. You don't, if you don't like your own feet you've got problems.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> We often go out in the garden, and you know, say like with grounding, where you make sure that we get the, you know, we've got two young boys, so we say, right, get your shoes and socks off on the grass, and we let them play in the mud. And Bowie eats mud, and we're like, good, you know, get get involved in it because it's so important. Eating mud. I mean, there was I was just literally reading a study that was released about the, how like
1: being in nature, especially from a young age, and they did it this with kids, affects the development of microbiome and their immune system. And this is what people don't understand we need to be dirty we need to be covered in a variety of of um stimulus to our body because that's how we have evolved we are not these sterile mm. things, and we should be those sterile things like you see in like brave new world that's kind of just been released on sky you know all these clean pristine beautiful human beings it's like yeah but no that's not yeah. how
0: it be Do sterilization you know I mean? for children is uh <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, and it comes from birth, but I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but mm. you know, you've got to just be exposed to different things, but make where you live as comfortable for you, not over comfortable. Um, and as secure as it is for you, especially your bedroom, bedroom should be nice, quiet, dark, and no distractions there. You should just sleep and have sex in your bedroom and that's it. No, yeah. no food, no eating or anything like that. Just sleep and sex. That's it. Um, <laughs> And, and then just
0: or, or sleep after sex.
1: Yeah, both doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just try and incorporate as much of an environment that's as natural as can be. There's a big difference between living in a city to living in the country to living in in, in town yeah. a tree. House. You have to you have to adapt to those situations. And, mm. you know, you know that somebody I know, literally, he lived in London, got made redundant in the process. He created a, a kind of A van that he's now living in, and that's it. That's what he's doing. He's going to be living in his van because he wants to be disconnected from that. Mm. And what he had, you know, he was in the process of buying a house. Now he's just got his van that he's living out. He's been touring around like Scotland, the Highlands of Scotland's, Wales, Lake District. He's loving it. That's to me. That's one who's gone to the extreme, but you know, that's what can be done. So find a starting point, as we said, for all this. Find a starting point and gradually introduce things bit by bit, to make your environment as natural as possible. And I'm not saying get rid of your TV and get rid of your chairs and get rid of your sofa. If you want to, by all means, you can. Spend more time. I mean, we're talking about office workers. I mean, I, currently, I'm sitting on the floor on a cushion. and then, But we don't spend enough time sitting yeah. on the floor. So reconnect with ground living. Like, if you're spending eight day, hours a day on the computer at a desk, you know, there's um, Katie Bowman. Is, done a great thing about sitting and that um i can give you more links and stuff that people could uh, mm. read on but sitting positions there's a whole variety of sitting positions on the floor and lying positions on the floor incorporate that because guess what that's movement yeah that's taking your joints and your tissues through ranges of movement that it needs so you can incorporate small things into everyday life into living in a city and urban environment quite easily and then when the opportunity arises to go outside and take a walk in a park somewhere or come on a retreat or something then take hold of that advantage and and, and yeah race it and we can't go back we can't go back to living in small tribes unfortunately because with the urban environments that we're part of but we can adapt the urban environments to our benefit not be controlled by the urban environment
0: yeah, no, that's that's a great saying is don't be controlled by it because I think a lot of people think they need to make sweeping changes, but you say, look, you know, what what can you do as opposed to just saying, oh, it's there's no point because those those little things, and again, going back to work in the city, you'd say, look, can you know, is there a little green space in the city or or wherever you are that you can and get you out to? What
1: there is when you start looking at you know, looking for things, you'll be surprised what there is. I mean, yeah, a lot of urban architecture now that incorporates a lot of biophilia and and creating purposefully created, yeah, they're man made, but they, they have benefit of finding those spaces. Churchyards, the city of London has loads of churches, mostly built by Christopher Wren, yeah. but <laughs> they have a bit of greenery and a bit of open air. You know, find those moments. You know, we have a number of parks in London, mm. find those places, and trying to take advantage of that in your everyday life. You know, really? so if you can walk halfway to work and you can walk through a park like, I could walk through Hyde Park, then walk through Hyde Park. Yeah, like, take advantage of what is available to you in your surroundings that you are living in, especially,
0: especially whilst you're still allowed out.
1: Especially while you're still allowed out, yeah. Well, but if you if you want to make the big jump, like many people are in London, like, do I need to be in a city because I can't be in the centre of London anymore? Do I need to be here? And I many people are moving to Kent, Margate, and, yeah. and surrounding areas because they want they know there's a difference in quality of life when you take yourself out. Of that built-up urbanisation, and as we we're saying, that kind of oh, when you go past the M25, mm. if you can do it, then do it. Like you com- benefit from it.
0: I completely agree with what you said there, and it's it's hard to explain to someone if you've not experienced it. But when I used to work in Bond Street, and then I'd get the train home, which would be like back when I lived at my parents', and I'd get off the train down in uh, Headcorn, you know, down in um, uh, deepest darkest Kent. And I literally used to get off the train, especially on a Friday night. And literally, as the train would go, you just had fields in front of you on one side at least, and you'd feel like <sighs> you just it felt like you were, you you just kind of um, dumped some stress, and you were in the country. You yeah, just and it's, it's, left on
1: the train, and you had left it and let it go. Yeah,
0: yeah. one of those funny things because I I had the
1: reverse of that when I was growing up. The excitement of coming into London from Kent, like going past Battersea Power Station, yes. Like, I just love it i was like yeah, yeah. and then as you get older you're like that excitement kind of dissipates you reverse it. it reverses it and it's, it's part of living in as if it's so stimulating it's great there's a lot of opportunities you know but the downside is that we get caught in this kind of trap and to our detriment so yeah. taking what is available to you in micro steps to begin with and progress from there and, and it's a skill that you would develop over time there's no rush there's no mm-hmm. there's no end point you know you can go as far as, as you want um but i do encourage people to do it i say
0: so do just do something i think that's that's the uh, that's the thing but um well so i appreciate your uh, your time and we've we've clocked up our hour which is always nice i i sense that you and i could could do another hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, Will, I was going to ask at one point, we'd love you to, uh, if you're possible, to write for our newsletter, uh, just to give some some the guys some tips, because generally, you know, the the guys that are listening to this are, you know, professional men between 25 and 45 who are probably quite sedentary. And the more nudges we can give them in the right direction, the better, to be honest. Um, and, And for guys that are listening... Um, we'll we'll keep in touch because when your retreats are uh, fully up and running again, we'll be uh, we'll be mentioning them.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're looking to do a UK retreat and a Europe retreat, and there's places that I want to do it, but I just need well, we need airways to be open and, and yeah, the situation that we're in to kind of resolve to a point. But yeah, we will develop it later. And yeah, we'd love to chat more another time and uh, wrap yeah. the news.
0: But sounds like a plan. Sounds like well, well thank you for taking time uh okay. i will uh, i will end it there and i'll wish you uh, a fine weekend and uh, and hopefully we will speak to you soon yep take care Anthony. thank you very much thanks for having me. cheers thanks for listening to the whole man academy podcast now are you receiving our weekly emails if not you're missing out our whole man academy weekly email is changing the game for men around the world using cutting-edge psychology game-changing thinking strategies and inspiring tips and stories from people you should have heard of but likely never have so if you want to live more be more and experience more go and sign up visit wholemanacademy.com forward slash movement